My name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 204, sweetie. That music just cut off really abruptly. But sweetie, with the magic of my production, it's not going to cut oh, off. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I don't, love magic. don't be player hating. I won't be player hating. Sweetie, right before we press record, you said, I love getting cold so I can get hot again. <laughs> What I love is I love – I just walked downstairs to do – and we're in our studio, and it's cold down here, but Todd had a heater on, and it felt so good to be cold and then feel that heat. <laughs> All right, Zen Parenting Radio. It's a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, ages 7, 10, and 11, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent – but more importantly, to become a better you. And always remember our motto is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Right, sweetie? Yeah, and you know what? The best predictor of a um, grateful and grounded and and meaningful life. That's my new sound effect. What does that mean? Does that mean stop talking, No, it means like something big's happening. Oh. Okay, I'm about to say something big. All right. Self-understanding also, I think, is the best predictor of your own um, life and your own – the meaning – the, <laughs> the meaning. <laughs> That's my other new sound effect. I know, but I was, I was like in flow and then came that dun, 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 dun. Um, anyway, your self-understanding helps your own life too. You know what? We're not going to go back and- – and, and make that good. We're just going to let you stumble through uh, it. You know what? Stumbling's okay because you know what? It's part of life. It's part of life. Um, and always remember our strategy, sweetie. Explain to our awesome audience what our marketing strategy is. Um, universal principles, belief in ourselves, and just the pure enjoyment of doing this show is enough for me. Actually, our, our marketing strategy is that we don't have one, <laughs> and we just uh, entrust our listeners to tell a friend about our show. And so on. And so, and so on. on. And, and they so tell on. two t- friends, and they tell two friends. Mm-hmm. What's that from, sweetie? It's a commercial, remember? We figured that out a couple of times. I know, podcasts. but it's from a movie. Uh, Wayne's World. There you go. There you go. Nice job. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, I'm going to start out with an iTunes review, because it was really something special. Oh, have I seen this? No. And I've uh, I rarely read the reviews themselves. I okay. just say who they're from. Mm-hmm. But this is from a Stuart Eleven, and it says uh, it's five stars. And it says finally, Todd and Kathy always talk about gratitude. Well, right now I'm practicing gratitude for their excellent podcast. As an evangelical Christian, I've read a lot of Christian parenting books focused on law, the rules, and discipline. None of it felt right, and I couldn't put my finger on it until I started listening to Zen Parenting. Todd and Kathy get it. The only law that should apply in our parenting is the law of love. Their message is the same message of Jesus Christ. You are enough, and you are loved, and as a response to the love in return. Simple but life-changing. Oh, I love that review. Do you? Thank you. That's so meaningful to me. And you know... Since that got brought up, I will just say this. You know, Todd and I don't speak about religion on the show because we believe that whatever you, you know, whatever serves you is good. Right. Meaning it, as long it as does, it's working. As long as it's working, it could be just your own spiritual awareness. It could be your church. It could be your um, 
you know, your synagogue. It could be wherever you go that gives you that sense of um, peace and grounding that we always talk about. And one of the things I love is that, you know, I love that he brings up Jesus because, you know, it's the holiday season, right? And I love to look around our house because right now we have the nativity scene up, but we also have lots of Buddhas. Mm -hmm. And I just, I have this wonderful statue, a Japanese statue called Jizo-sama. You know my Jizo-sama. Is that from that terrible book? It's not a terrible book. What's the name of that book? It's called The Funny Little Woman. There's a kid's book and it's called The Funny Little Woman and our our daughters love it and every time I read it I get frustrated. It's not that they love it, honey. It was my favorite book when I was a kid. Okay. And I they found do it. it they though, do they? love it. Well, cuz there's something about it that is very spiritual and I can't put my finger Someday on it. Someday I'll get it. Okay. But I don't there, get it yet. In the book there's these Jizosamas that are support systems for this woman and so I have a Jizosama and we have angels and just having all of those, you know, and there's crosses and having all of those um, symbols? symbols around that represent love and awareness and awakening. Um, they're all very beautiful. And if we could understand that everybody gets their um, their sense of grounding from different things and that it doesn't all have to be the same, um, then I think we would do a lot better. We're going to talk about people who are not very grounded in this show. Oh, really? Yeah, the HBO sports thing that, that oh, we talked about. yeah, that but, was hard to watch. But first, um, I want to talk about our first partner, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. And Dr. Kelly has a special going on in December. Um, on Monday the 22nd, Tree of Life is having a family scan day, sweetie. Did you hear that? You know who loves scans? Who? Cameron Adams. Uh, what is a scan? It's, when it's they, where they do, she does that thing down your back. It's like the- Tells she, you if your back is working She or finds not. the subluxations, but Cameron thinks it, fe- it feels good. So it's where all family members of patients can get a free initial exam. So if you happen to be a patient, uh, free exams for anybody in your family. And then- um, Another December special she's got cooking is if you send any friends or family or coworkers uh, her way, you get a three a free thirty minute gift card massage. Mm, those so, massages are good. Yes, Eleni is the masseuse. She is, and she is good. I've uh, taken her massages a few times. Mm-hmm. So you say taken her massages? Uh, no, I've you've been, had. I've been massaged. You've received. By her. Yes, <laughs> I should get. I should receive massages every day, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> But we don't. So her number is 630-941-8733, and the website is chirotree.com. And uh, another little um, thing that I want to play for you, sweetie, if I can pull it up here. <laughs> You're a pilot, huh? I should pick your brain. I'm developing a daytime talk show with Sully Sullenberger. Yeah, I met that guy. He's not that great. You know what a great pilot would have done? Not hit the birds. That's what I do every day, not hit birds. Where's my ticket to the Grammys? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because that's like what, well, there's, I don't even know where to start. I watch 30 Rock on a daily basis, just the same episodes over and over again. And that's one of Todd and my favorite ones. And who's the actor? Well, it's Alec Baldwin as Jack Donaghy. And he's talking to um, Carol, who is... um, Played by Matt Damon. Matt Damon. And Carol is Tina Fey's boyfriend on the show, or Liz Lemon's boyfriend. And he's a pilot. And he's kind of like the male version of the Liz Lemon. Like, he's real cynical Mm -hmm. and... But anyway, so they're talking about Sully and how... If you want to laugh <laughs> and you have Netflix, go to um, 30 Rock and look for the um, episode that says Double-Edged Sully. Oh, it's the best one ever. 
So, anyways, I just wanted to make you laugh this it's, morning. Is that season four, Double Edged Sword? Yeah, I believe it's, it's season four. It's just a, it's one of the best 30 rocks ever. So let's get into the content. Um, you threw something at me, you threw me a curveball, said crabs in a pot. Crabs in a pot, crabs in pants a pot. Pants on the ground. Pants on the ground and crabs in a pot. Looking like a fool with, with your, your pants, pants on, on the, the ground. ground. Okay, so that what this is about is that I just read something this morning that reminded me, you know, and we may have talked about this on the show because we've been doing I don't remember talking years. about crabs in a pot. Well, I just love this analogy because it gives me such a sense of understanding. Crabs in a pot. What do crabs do when they're in a pot and they're trying to climb out? What so do the you're other not talking do? about where they put them in the boiling water. No, no. We're not talking about e- quite yet eating the crabs. Okay. We're just talking about there's a pot. Like say that you take a bunch of crabs and you put them in a pot. What is their instinct? What do they do? To get out of there. So they start climbing. What do the other crabs do to the crab that's trying to climb out? Climb on top of the one? And pulls them back down. Right. So crabs in a pot just keep pulling each other down. Right. Not cool. Not cool, kind of like when I would do triathlons and I would swim and somebody would hit my head and pull me down in their effort to go forward. Right. It's you're, it's kind of like a crab in a pot situation. Counterproductive. So let's talk about that in more of a spiritual sense. Okay. Sometimes you guys may have experienced this with a family, with your family, with your group of friends, maybe in the workplace, where you kind of have a role that you play. Right. And everybody kind of depends on you to play that role. And then you start to m- maybe grow or change or expand or have new ideas or like different things. And all of a sudden, the situation that you're in becomes like crabs in a pot. People start wanting to pull you down and keep you from changing mm-hmm. because what if you change What or does that say about that person? That totally blows their ecosystem. Right. All of a sudden things start to shift and it doesn't feel right and they start thinking you need to do your role mm-hmm. for me to be who I am. You need to stay who you are. I have an example. Oh, great, please. Um, during my 20s and early 30s, I spent a lot of time getting hammered with my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still happens from time to time, but not nearly as consistently as it used to. No. And I remember sometime in my mid-30s, like some of my buddies would say, what's wrong with you? How come, how come you're so serious or why are you so different? And I think at the time I was evolving a little bit. I still love to have a fun time, but I was kind of the clown of my group, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I would just get stupid and do stupid stuff. Timmy, Timmy, they T- called him Timmy because he liked went to, to go the, the fair. fair. <laughs> yeah, I was outside a bar in Iowa City one time, and um, whenever there, whenever I was at a bar drunk with my friends, and there was a balloon around, I'd always tie the balloon <laughs> to my wrist. So me and all my friends walked out of the bar. And um, some guy walked by me and I had this big balloon on my wrist with a big smile from ear to ear. And he goes, oh, look, Timmy went to the fair today. (laughs) And everybody laughed at me and I was fine being laughed at. And then some other guy walked by and he put a cigarette on my balloon. (laughs) And then all these strangers like, oh, look at Timmy. His balloon popped. Oh, that's so sad. And just to go off of that, that Timmy and this balloon story is one of our daughters <laughs> doesn't want to get balloons anymore because she's Who? too Which sad one? when they go away. Who? Who do you think? Cameron. Yes. She's like, I'll pass <laughs> oh on God. the balloon because it makes her so sad if they are either if they deflate, she gets sad. If it's possible for a girl's heart to be too big, it might be it. <laughs> oh, Cameron's just What's going like, to happen when she's older and she watches a, a news program? I know, man. I we're know. In, we're in well, trouble. she'll she'll handle it. She's building resilience, but 
I just, she's, we were just at a restaurant like a couple weeks ago. She's like, I'll pass on the balloon. Um, but anyway, so that's a great example of crabs in a pot is that when you start to change or shift, it makes everybody else uncomfortable. Yeah. And they want you to come back down and get back into the way things used to be. Todd, be a clown. Be an idiot be that used to be. Be a clown because we want to laugh at you and we want you to be the focus. And we want to, we want you to get drunker than we're getting. Yeah. And we and that happens in our families. Yeah. I mean, especially in our families because a lot of times everybody has their place and their role. Mm-hmm. And if you don't fulfill what everyone expects you to fulfill, then they have to either step up or look at themselves or it's very uncomfortable. Right. And it definitely happens in the workplace. Why I'm saying this to you is not to say you're great and demonize everybody else because I really want to talk about it so we have an awareness of what's happening to the people who are trying – the other crabs who are trying to pull us down. They're not bad people. I think I've been a and crab. And they're not bad crabs. They're not bad crabs. Some crabs are bad. Yeah, there are. I, I don't have experience with that. Neither do I. But I've heard that they're not so good. But I've heard they're not so good. But you know what I do like? What? The crab cake um, Who doesn't sandwich. love crab cakes? Crab everybody cake loves sandwich. crab cakes. I do too. What's that from? Um um, I don't remember. Mm. What's it from? Listeners, what's that from? Who doesn't know. love crab cake? I love crab cake. <laughs> I don't know. Help me. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to let our listeners okay. say it. Well, what I'm, I was about to say is that I think in, in my lifetime, I've probably been a crab who have pulled people down too. Not intentionally, mm-hmm. but maybe subconsciously. Maybe one of your friends uh, gets this success all of a sudden yeah. of something you've been striving for. It, maybe that. Or sometimes I'll be like, well, they shouldn't be doing it that way. Mm-hmm. They should be doing it this way. Right. And really what I'm saying is I don't want them to go out there and be different. I want them to be like me. And Because at the time, in that moment, you were stagnant. You were not exactly. evolving. And to see somebody else evolve when you are not evolving makes you feel less than. Or to be so stuck in my ways. And I guess like you said, it's it's the same thing. It's, being evol- it's evolving. Thinking that my way is the right way, so anyone doing anything different must be wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and so I like that word, evolving or having my own stagnation. So I don't want to demonize and say the crabs pulling you down are all bad. I want you to recognize when you're being a crab who are pulling other people down. And I want you to recognize when other people are doing that to you. And they're not doing it because you are really doing something wrong. They're doing it because they're afraid. But when that happens to you, let's Mm -hmm. say you are reaching up, you're evolving, your consciousness is growing and your friends are pulling you down. Um, It's important to note that that embrace the discomfort that you're going to feel. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, what's is this the right thing? Should right. I be doing this? Am I ostracizing my previous life, my previous friends, all that? Just know that it's okay to feel awkward and weird about it. And even if you have like, I don't know, some resentment, that's probably not the right word. But if you're like, hey, man, back off, like, just be okay with it. Because no, just know that it's coming. Yeah, it, it's inevitable, you know, and I have a good example. And I'm going to be, um, you know, I'm not going to use names or specific experience. But sometimes I get into a situation with people where, you know, I kind of share what we do for a living or I talk about something that's meaningful to me and people will kind of cock their head or kind of not get it. And then they'll say like a definitive statement like, well, you know, that's not the way it is because this is this has been my experience and therefore that can't be your experience. Right. Done. Conversation over. Right. And it feels very uncomfortable because I'm not sure if I should keep pleading my case 
or if there's any case to plead or if I should just shut up, which sometimes feels passive. Mm-hmm. And what I realize is that I have to, just like Todd said, be comfortable with the discomfort and that I don't really need to prove myself to anybody. And I don't need to take back what I said, nor do I need to make that person feel more comfortable. I just need to kind of sit there. Yeah. Um, it's funny because one thing I've discovered, I just you know said to Todd, I my tongue hurts. My you got a canker I, sore. I, I, uh, yeah, and I saw it. And it part of the reason is because I went through an experience last week where I had to hold my tongue a lot, mm-hmm. where I had to not say certain things, um, and not because I was going to say mean things, but I just chose to allow allow and just kind of be sit in the okay okay or just try and be my full self without having to tell everybody why I'm doing things. And that can be difficult for me. (laughs) Um, Not because I always feel like I need to have everyone agree, but I'm I'm an external processor. I like to talk things through. So I'm dealing with mouth pain. I, cause I, I know for me and I know not everybody makes this connection for themselves. So are you okay with your decision to kind of bite your tongue for lack of a better term? Yeah, I am. So it's not always the best thing to vent or speak your mind. There's times when it's it's time to be quiet. You know what's more important to me is, you know, certain people You have a choice between whether to be right right or or to be kind. And and to be loving or to be constantly, like I said, trying to plead my case. I don't need to do that. I love you. You know, you and these other people that I spend time with, I love them. And I want to find a a certain place of comfort. If that was my experience every single day of my life, Then then it's a challenge. But I think sometimes we can, like you just said, practice being kind rather than making sure everybody understands Mm -hmm. this, that, and the other. Yeah. Because... That's, you know, we have to learn how to get along with lots of different people. That's right. So crabs in a pot. Pants on the ground. Looking like a pool with your pants on the ground. So that's my crabs in a pot story. Very good. Our second partner, sweetie, is Dr. John Kelly. He is from our dentist. He um, helps all three of our daughters, but our two older ones, with something called non-retractable orthodontics. We finally got the language. Um, and what that is, it's basically um, expanding their mouth and their jaw so uh, their teeth have a natural way of kind of growing together versus the traditional retractable braces that kind of pull your teeth back at the expense of other things. It's about personal alignment for that person rather than just straight teeth and pulling them all out. Right. So Dr. John Kelly, he's awesome. He's one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. If you live in the Chicagoland area and you have kids between the ages of 6 and 12, it might be mm-hmm. worth a phone call to John. He'll be happy to talk to you about it. 773-631-6844. And he's at 5350 West Devon Avenue. And the website is chicagodentistonline.com. And just so you know, he also does like aesthetic things. So if you are in a, you know an adult and you want to try Invisalign or you're trying to get your teeth whitened, or he also is kind of an expert in that area. Too. He does it all. He does. It He's all. full service. He yeah. just happens to be doing this with us. Yeah. So um, the next topic I want to talk about is um, I'm going to play this. Sweetie, why am I playing this? Billy. Billy was in Chicago last weekend. We missed it. I know. I was in Seattle. So any idea why I'm playing this? First of all, any chance I get to play Smashing Pumpkins music, I do. Yes. But there's something that came up in the um, that came up in the news last week. Yeah. 
and I turn this off so I can think. And um, Anderson Cooper, nice guy, Anderson. I love Anderson. Yeah, I actually really like Anderson too. But he said something um, at the end of his show. Um, he, I think it's maybe every night or every week. He says something called the ridiculous. The ridiculous. Okay. Ridiculous. L I S T. I got the play on words. And I'm just going to play about 15 seconds of it. So here we go. Because tonight I'm happy to report that frontman Billy Corgan is back and edgier than ever on the cover of Pause Chicago magazine. Now, I don't know if you can read the sub-headline there. It says, Billy Corgan's Siamese Dream. Well played, Pause Chicago. Well played. Now, this is a kind of... All right, so that's... It goes on for another 45 seconds, but that's the gist. So... Anderson is making fun of my guy. So was Billy holding a Siamese cat? Two cats. Oh. Two black cats. And he's got a big smile on his face. And first of all, what is Paws Chicago, sweetie? Um, well, Paws is a, uh, a an adoption shelter, right? Yeah, they right? save animals. They save animals. And they're probably the most well-known in Chicago. Like, that's a shelter everybody talks about and right. tends to give to. And Billy, you know... God bless him. He's got a lot of flaws, mm-hmm. plenty of flaws. But he also does some pretty cool stuff. And, you know, I don't think he got paid to be on the cover of Paws Chicago. Well, and there's two things. Number one, Chicago's his town. Yep. So a lot of times, you know, uh, you know, we focus on maybe the smallness of that. It's mm-hmm. Chicago. It's his city. Right. It's a big city, too. And second, he's an animal lover. So Anderson went on to say, you know, like, what's going on with this rock star? He's, he's really kind of lowered his standards Yikes. and all that. So, you know, and my guy, Billy... Um, you and I had a debate on how mm-hmm. he uh, responded. Mm-hmm. So Billy um, was upset because he's getting made fun of for something that he believes very strongly in. Mm-hmm. And there's two ways he could have gone it. He could have been, well, I disagree with Anderson Cooper. I love animals and let it be at mm-hmm. that. Instead, Billy went the other way. He's got a new album coming out and I'd love to promote Billy's new is album. Is it just Billy or is it Smashing, Smashing Pumpkins? Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, and cool. they have a new drummer from Rage Against the Machine mm. and a new bass player from The Killers. Wow. So for the first time ever, there's no female in the group. So it's four dudes. That's too bad. Um so I think Billy is trying to be opportunistic with this new media coverage, and he made these shirts that said "F.U. Anderson Cooper" Yikes. with pictures of cats on it. And I said to you when we were talking about this, you know, Billy's being opportunistic. He's like, I'm like, this is probably the best thing that could happen to him because now all of a sudden people are talking about Smashing Pumpkins' new album that is out on December 11th. I want to say that I will be purchasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he's. You know, it's you know, there's the only worst thing that no no media is right. No publicity. Wait, no publicity is bad publicity. Bad wait. publicity is better than no publicity. Okay, there you go. So he made these shirts and he's selling these shirts. F U Anderson Cooper, and I'm like, you know, it's probably a good idea because now here we are talking about it because he's making a big fuss out of it. Mm-hmm. And you said what? Well, I I it's everything that you and I always talk about on this show. I feel like your means have to be the same as your end. And if you want to be respected and you want to be um, thought of as someone who gives back to your community or someone who is giving to the world, um, you don't wear T-shirts that tell people to F off. Mm-hmm. And you're and a lot of times you and other people in the world always use business as the, well, but it's good business. Yeah. And I, I don't see how business is any different than anything else in the world. I don't think business gives you permission to be a bad person. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's the case, then everything that happened on Wall Street, we're like, well, they were just trying to make money. Right. That hurts lives. Yeah. That hurts people. Yeah. And I don't think that we should just 
hurt people in in an effort to be opportunistic financially. So what Billy's doing is he's feeding the negativity. Yeah, he's feeding. And so I was kind of getting off of Billy. What I was saying to Todd is I think it's a great opportunity to say, to go the other way. Take the high road. And say, listen, this is my city. I love animals. I do want to give back to the world. Bring it on. Mm -hmm. Meaning I stand in my you know, I stand here and I'm proud of what I've done and maybe have the publicity go the positive, right. you know, say, you know, do more, mm-hmm. do another cover with cats, yeah. you know, do one with a dog, like take it, take the high road mm-hmm. and the high road doesn't mean being passive or backing off. Well, this is something that you and I struggle with all the time because we tend to be very positive on this show. Mm-hmm. It would be very easy for us to talk about, you know, stupid negative things regarding parenting. Sure. And I think we would get more listeners because of it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. not. And uh, I just feel that, um, you know, it's just like the ongoing, because, you know, if you want to grab attention, you do something controversial. You know, controversial. And we try not to do that. And it's. Well, and this, there's, and, you know, I'll be Yoda for a second. There is no try. I just, meaning it's not like we're like, ooh, let's try not to be controversial. We're not even being anything except talking about what we do on a daily basis. And that doesn't mean we don't have challenges. It means when I have pain or when I struggle, that's mine alone. Mm -hmm. And then when I work through it, it's something I'm ready to share. Right. That's the way that that things work for me. So it's not that I'm not willing to talk about negative things that happen, but like if you guys listened last week, Todd and I talked about a challenge that we had where we were learning how to communicate and share. Um, you know, I, I needed to share with him that I was feeling unseen and he needed, you know, we were having, a, we, it took us about 10 days to talk about that on the show just because we needed to work through it ourselves. I don't believe in taking pain and just throwing it out there for other people to hash out. Right. I would like to live my own life and process my own experience first, and then I'm willing to share. Do you know what I mean? I'm with you. And so, you know, when you're saying we're, I, I just... I think that a lot of times when people throw out controversial things, it's not even real. Mm-hmm. It's not really happening to them. They're just throwing it out there for fodder. It's artificial. It's artificial. And I think people can feel that. Think about a reality show. I know, but here's my counter argument to that. Okay. There's plenty of blogs out there that get a lot more subscribers. Right. Because it's negative and controversial. Right. And you have a blog and it does great. But not really. You don't think your blog does great? Well, I mean, the, you know, the Huffington Post one does, or yeah. we know, but my blog on my page, it's just... Well, my point is, you write about positive, optimistic things, yeah, and it's not as interesting to the most people. Right. It's not a headline grabber. No. Mm-mm. Well, and here's my comment to that. I think what we assume is good is having lots of people look at something and right. therefore then we're successful. My definition of success is that I write about something that makes me feel good. I process through my own pain and try to look at it through a certain way. And if I have five people who appreciate it, that makes me happy. Right. If there are 10, that's great. But I'm not going, my intention in writing, even though I'd love to have people So in other words, it, if like a million people saw it and disregarded it and didn't, it didn't change them at all, well, doesn't do anything. But if five people make decisions on their parenting because of something that you struck a chord in them, yeah. then it means that much more. It's that whole con- concept of redefining success um, that we talk about a lot is that right now success to people means money, 
you know, having a lot of followers, making sure everybody knows who you are, fame, all these things that aren't inherently bad, right. but they are if your means to getting there is artificial and negative. Right. Because your means have to justify your end. They right. have to be similar to me. Right. And so my success is I get to wake up every day. I went to bed last night after, you know, a week-long, you know, vacation, and I was excited to get up today yeah. because we're doing this great retreat and, you know, I was excited to go back to Daily Method and I was excited to do the show with you. I enjoy what I do. Right. And that to me is success, period, done. Right. And if we get people listening, you know, we were talking before about, you know, having more people listen to the show or what our, um, what were you saying, our marketing strategy yeah. is. If more people listen, great. I don't think it's bad to have people listen. Um, I'm not against abundance, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to go after it. Right. In the means a, have to justify the ends. Yeah, I don't want it to be an artificial. Okay, way. so let's move on because I feel like we haven't talked a whole lot about parenting yet. Why would we need to talk about parenting? (laughs) (laughs) So to pull it back and talk about parenting for just a second, I think we're at the airport and somehow I started talking about ticks, not the kind that land behind your ear. One of our kids had one of those too. Yeah, JC had that. It was so gross. She came and she's like, I have an, this was like years ago. She's like, I have like a kind of an itch behind my head. And I looked and it looked like there was like a kernel of corn behind Mm -hmm. her head. And so I touched it and it went and it moved. Its head was in her Skull, or not her skull. Skull. <laughs> Jesus. Her head was under, its head was under the skin. Yeah. And its body was yeah. flailing. And I talk about having to take a deep breath. I yeah. had to act like everything was fine. She was about seven at the yeah. time. And then we took her to the doctor and it came out. It was no problem. But I just, it was pretty creepy. So we're talking about tics of like when you <clears throat> do a lot of tics <clears throat> yeah. or something, some facial tics. And um, our kids had them. Yes. Yes. Like Skylar had a coughing thing going on forever. Yes. And Jace used to have, when she was really young, kind of like a stuttering thing. Right. So, uh, yeah, stuttering is a tick, right? Yeah, yeah. So the only thing I wanted to, the only reason I want to bring that up is I feel like we've never talked about it before. And it's very easy to try to get your kid to stop. You could try to get your kid to stop doing it. Right. And in most cases, it's going to go away by itself. Oh, and, yeah, majority and, of cases. And the yes. less attention you pay to it, yeah. the more likely it's going to leave sooner. Absolutely. And let me say this from a therapist's perspective. I used to work with children who had tick disorders where it was so significant, like a Tourette's syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, for those of you who know what Tourette's is, it's a severe tick disorder where you actually, uh, sometimes you vocalize something and say negative things or, you know, it's, it's, it's of greater significance. That's a clinical tick disorder. But a lot of people who walk around this world have ticks that really aren't that big of a deal. And you may, now that we're talking about this, you may start to recognize them in yourself or other people. But a lot of times when children's brains are developing, they have things because it's almost like their brain is developing so fast that they can't keep up with it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, for example, when JC was really little and she would kind of stutter and blah, 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 blah you know, go over her words, um, it, it, See, I just did it. it. Um, she would. She was learning so fast, and she couldn't keep up. Like her brain couldn't keep up with what she was saying and doing, and so it came out a lot of times sounding tickish or stutterish. Right. The, Todd and I found, you know, at the time we weren't very worried about it because you know we knew she was growing, and and because I had had some clinical experience with people who had disorders, I wasn't too concerned. But a lot of people around us whose children were maybe stuttering a bit were starting to get them in speech therapy yeah. and pointing it out and really concerned about it. And 
it's just one of those things where Todd and I want to, again, provide a new perspective where some things just come and go. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to get too hyper vigilant around it. We right. don't need to um, make – it's not something we need to control or change. Yeah. Uh, our uh, other daughter, um, she used to clear her throat all the time. <clears throat> and yeah. sometimes it would be really loud. And annoying. annoying. And sometimes we, you know, there was a few times that we asked her at the very beginning, like, is your throat sore? You know, there's some obvious parental things you do. But then we just recognized it was kind of part of her, it was tickish. You know what I mean? And you guys may know people, adults who clear their throat a lot. Mm -hmm. And as all things, it came and went, you know? And sometimes when she's really under duress, do you notice that she does it occasionally? Or when they're tired. When she's really tired. But it's not something that we need to do anything about. And And telling them to stop it or telling them or making them feel bad about it doesn't help because right. ticks are involuntary. Yeah. That's what we need to understand is it's a body thing. It's not a brain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and making them feel uncomfortable about it can cause the tick to go even faster. Well, this is a great segue because on Friday we're, we're doing another conversations with people we love. Mm-hmm. And we interviewed um, a doctor at Children. what's it called, Lori? It's Lori Children's Hospital of Chicago. It used to be Children's Memorial. And Dr. Darius... Uh, I don't remember how to pronounce his last name. He said it for you. I know, so I don't want to butcher it. But Dr. This Darius. Is, this is just a preview of um, a conversation that we had with him. We're going to post a whole interview on Friday, but it's about sleeping. He's a sleep doctor. He specializes in sleeping. He's a sleep expert. So this is, how long is this? This is about uh, about 30 seconds. So here we go. This is Dr. Darius. Yeah. yeah. But it's because it's because parents get so frustrated. They because they're trying, like, imagine, like, you, we all know we can't control our own sleep, right? There's no button that you push and then you fall asleep. Right. And so we, we know that we're out of control of our, of our own sleep. I mean, how much more so that we're out of control of our child's sleep? Mm-hmm. Oh. And so this ends up becoming like a major point of control. Mm-hmm. And so the child, the child really just wants love yeah. and, and reassurance and to know that everything's okay. And the parent just really wants the kid to go to sleep because they know that medically it's important. It's important for their neurocognitive development. It's important for also them to have some time. Where they that's what I was going to say. <laughs> exactly. So that's the first one. I'm going to play another one in a okay. second. But what do you think about that? Well, it's the same concept. If it's for sleep or if it's for a, you know, a tick that our children you know, tend to be exhibiting, if it be because we want our kids to do things a certain way, um, we start to be controlling mm-hmm. about things that they may not have control over. Right. And so we just end up shaming them or making them feel bad. So this is a perfect uh, – this is about a minute. This is a little bit longer, but it's about along the same lines. Sometime. It does. So what do you do? And so it's interesting. On some, in some approaches, there's a focus on the child has to be alone, drowsy, in their, wherever it is that they're going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then the parent has to leave them there so that they fall asleep on their own. And so there's this kind of emphasis on kind of removing the parent from yeah. the sleep process. And it seems like you could actually go the other way. You know, the more you, the more attention that they get at the end of the sleep, the the, the sleep routine, the more they like even in their in their bed in, in their bed, you give them more attention for being in their bed. Yes. And then, like, oh. I guess the next big step to that, you don't say, okay, now go to sleep, mm-hmm. because it's impossible. Yeah, right? you can, you're asking them to do the impossible. It's it's not within their power. Yeah. And so you tell them, go to like if you tell them go to sleep, now they know that this thing that's going to make you happy, is something that they can't do. And that they're going to be left like alone. alone. So instead of saying go to sleep, what do you say? Just rest here. Just rest. Yeah. Just lie here, relax. I'm going to be back in a second. 
and you give them like literally sometimes it'll be you just stand up yeah and then you sit back down and be like i'm really impressed mm-hmm. lying in your bed relaxed hanging out and great you're getting stuff big positive reinforcement and you're reinforcing something like the key all right mm, i loved that interview with darius he he is um his very, energy his energy is so good calm and he trusts in individuals. Yeah. He gives power to the children, meaning these kids know who they are. Yeah. These kids, it's, it's us as parents who are oftentimes controlling, trying to control what our children are doing in order for us to feel better. And we've all been there. So this is not about he's in no way blaming and being cruel to parents. It's just about we have to understand that – we can't ch- – children are people. They're human beings. We can't make them eat a piece of broccoli unless we stuff it in their mouth, right. which, is, which is cruel. We can't force them to go to sleep. We have to allow. And, you know, it's the same thing we were talking about with, you know, things that our children do. Um, we can remind them. You know, we can always be, you know... Yeah, I was, it's not like you stick your head in the no, sand. We talk about this every show. We do. But it's important to keep on saying it. Right, but it, it's it is. It's that balance between. Because I was going to say, one of our kids, we always talk to her about eating mindfully, eating mindfully. And but Cameron. <laughs> she, you know, she, it just, it doesn't come naturally to her. Well, and I'm on her case all the time, and I am you don't eat almost as bad as she is. And those are the things we tell her, is I said to her last night, because I was on her case about it, and when I say I was on her case she and i were actually kind of laughing about it mm-hmm. you know i'll say things like hey that doesn't look like mindfulness you right. know and we have i i in no way am punitive or i don't discipline her i just remind her and then i said to her you know cameron i i want you to know that the reason i say these things to you is i am the person in your life yeah. that will be the person who reminds you yeah. there's not going to be a lot of other people in the world that say eat mindfully than your mother and maybe someday this will resonate with you girl shovel shovels it in not all the time she's a shoveler not all the time she's in a hurry she's like she will sit on a chair with one leg on and one leg off yeah so she can get to the next thing. Yeah. And so that's why I don't say use your manners, that kind of thing. I'll say, take a breath, sit in your seat, Taste enjoy it. your food. And so it's a, you know. Yeah, I would say that I probably eat um, as erratic and as fast and as unmindfully as she does. I'm, I just a little bit better at hiding it. Well, you do things like, and yours is all in the name of working and productivity. Like you'll stand in the kitchen and be like, I'm just going to eat a sandwich quick so I can get back to yeah, work. Not a good So habit. somehow that makes it okay yeah. versus a child who wants to go back and play, yeah. which that's their work. Yeah. Why are we on their case about right. you need to slow down? Did you see, I posted this on our Facebook page. It's a picture of a kid. It's, uh, I think the author, she wrote this book called The Gentle Parent, but it's a picture and it's a quote. And the quote is really powerful in my opinion. It says, And it's a picture of like a, I don't know, three-year-old boy. And it says, so you want me to grow into an adult who thinks for myself, acts independently, and stands by my choices. But while I'm a child, you want me to be submissive, compliant, and pliable. I think we need to talk. Yeah. My mom put that on my page. Yeah, I saw that. Nice job, Jude. Yeah, that was a really good uh, call because my mom and I had just been talking about that um, the week before with um, one of my children who has a, a stronger will. And that I, you know, I I always want to balance that sense of let's speak respectfully to each other. But at the same time, she has an opinion and I want to hear it. Are you ready for another 30 Rock clip? Of course I am. Our last one. This is the same episode. Oh, good. Carol? We'll forget any of this ever happened. Like the fact that you insulted me 
in front of my entire crew, especially Stuart, who often makes up hurtful nicknames for me, like Mr. Bumpy Landing. Great. And I'll forget the fact that you treated us like animals. Oh, well, I've already forgotten that you said I was bad at my job. When everything on TGS has been so great recently, Austin Powers on Crossfire. Timely stuff. Uh-huh. And I'm not even going to ask what the hell that voice is that you use on the intercom. Oh, folks, half an hour means forever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you what I hate about you? You're so stubborn when you think you're right, even when the answer is on the Trivial Pursuit card. The card was wrong. And you're no better, Carol. You built that bookshelf incorrectly. I did not. I wanted the books to slide off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my favorite one. Give yourself a treat and just watch that. I, I, that's the double-edged sword one. I think I can actually... I wanted the books to slide off. I can include this on the show notes. Well, and you know, I'm sorry, but what I love about 30 Rock is some of the people they have on there you don't think of as comedians. Matt Damon is oh, hilarious. he is hilarious. And He's got great timing. He's got great timing. And, you know, come on, Tina Fey. And I have an Alec Baldwin love. You do. I, and if you guys, you know, if you guys listen to this podcast, he has a podcast called Here's the Thing. Yeah. And it went on hiatus for like a year after he had his daughter, I think. Um, and it's back. And it's back. Guess so back. Yeah, I love Alec Baldwin. He has Tournament of interviews. bad. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad is back. It's been a while. I know. Uh, my tournament of bad is we've been getting a lot of packages in the UPS mailing system because we're getting ready for Christmas. Yes, I've been doing ordering. And with those packages comes bubble wrap. Mm-hmm. And I may have already said this in a tournament of bad, but I just need to restate it. The bubble wrap now stinks. Do you want to know why? Because they created the bubbles that they don't pop. They go into the bubble next to it. So you can't oh. pop the bubbles. Very frustrating. Well, I don't even see the real bubble wrap anymore. I see the ones that are just really big chunk bubbles. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. yeah. Th- that's another one. But yeah. they have the little bubbles too. Yeah. And it's just very frustrating because there's nothing more satisfying than popping large bubble wrap. Yeah. Very... I, but it is very loud and it no, can no. be disturbing. No. Neither of those things. Okay. Um, we can't forget about our last partner. That's Jeremy Kraft, the bald-headed beauty. <laughs> he does painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. Uh, his number is 630-956-1800, and the uh, website is avidco.net. I have a men's retreat coming up in February. If you're interested, send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com, and uh, the theme is unplug, unwind, and recharge. Lovely. And it's going to be awesome. Um, and then if you do any, uh, shipping on Amazon, go to our website first and click on the Amazon, sh- um, box on the right hand side of our webpage and do your shopping from that point and BU Incorporated will get a cut of the proceeds. And if you are looking for a Christmas present or a holiday present for, um, a parent or your parent or a pregnant, uh, parent to be. Um, I have three books, but my most recent is Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn, The Power of Self-Aware Parenting. Um, you can find it on my website, kathycadams.com. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. If you are local, if you are in the Elmhurst, Chicagoland area, um, the books are at the Daily Method Elmhurst and at Tree of Life. That's our partner, Dr. Kelly. Um, and I, if you order it through my website, kathycadams.com, I've been signing every book I send out. Which is invaluable and priceless. Is it? Yes. I don't know, but I am doing it. Um, and then the last thing is we are an affiliate member for Vitamix. Will you explain to everybody what oh, Vitamix is, sweetie? I love our Vitamix. And I, I believe me, they're not paying us any money for this. Um, but 
we have had a Vitamix for five years, six years. Probably more than that. Okay. And what we do is every morning, Todd and I have a smoothie, and we throw basically anything that we have in the fridge in the smoothie. Because people always say, send me your recipe. And I always laugh because I'm like, I throw any green that I have. I throw flaxseed in it. I throw oats in it. I throw um, you know, ginger in it. I We put cayenne pepper in it. Anyway, we make these amazing smoothies. So we get all of our vegetables and all of our fruit in one huge serving. And and again, we eat that throughout the day, but it's really good. Every single day, almost every, every day single, for the last five years. Except when we're on vacation, which is tough. So we're an affiliate member, okay. and they have a special. First of all, if you buy a Vitamix off the website, our affiliate member code, which will give you free shipping and maybe some other things, is 6 007296 will also be in the show notes. But it's a really amazing blender and... You know, we're really not in it for us affiliate partnership. It's really a way to get healthy. So, when I just said they don't pay us, do we get something when people put in our their that number? Darn right. What do we get? Oh, it's like fifty bucks. I don't oh, know, okay. Like that. So, but they get free shipping. Free shipping, and then they also have this special promotion going on. Um, it's kind of a funny one. <laughs> and the reason I'm bringing it up is because it's funny. If you order by December December thirty first, you know what you get, sweetie. What? A free set of three spatulas. <laughs> You know, who couldn't use another who, spatula? Or three of them. Three. For goodness sakes. One for um, Monday, one for Tuesday, one for Wednesday. That's right. So anyways, I just thought that that was... Well, and as what I don't know what Todd's going to do next, but this is what I'll say because people always say, I already have a blender. I already have this or that. Not the other. like this one. People, let me tell you, if you want to throw everything into a blender and have it be smooth and yummy and not chunky and gross. Chunky monkey. Get a Vitamix. And our Vitamix didn't work at one point, and we sent it back, and they sent us a brand new one. So that's the key, too, right? from Ohio. Buy American. Vitamix. Vitamix. So, once again, yet another excuse to place Mashing Pumpkins to close out the show. for reasons. So, that's it. Thanks for 45 minutes. It's not bad. So, have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. No words of wisdom, sweetie? Um... No, but have a good week. Mine is be cool, man. And keep trucking. Keep trucking. And sing sing the song. <laughs>